Welcome to the Knox Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope this resource is a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Y'all ready for us? <laughs> you, hey, you know God uh, moved us to Alabama, so now I say y'all. <laughs> oh, are we going over here? Comfortable. <laughs> hey, we are so excited to be back home with our Knox family. There are just no words of the incredible impact that each and every one of you, that this, this family has had on both of, of our lives. And we are so grateful to be here. For some of you who may not know us or, or recognize us, Guy and I had the honor of serving the children and families in this beautiful church for the better part of three years. And since then, I mean, I just have no words for the amazing incredible things that God has done in our lives. He has given us the amazing opportunity to really speak all over the globe and train leaders all over the country on what it means to to lead effectively and how to reach the next generation for Christ. And we are just so grateful and, and constantly humbled by the opportunity to do that. So whether we are speaking on main stages at national conferences to publishing now four leadership books for, for leaders who lead the next generation, we want you to know this morning that we have not forgotten this place. I see so many faces that I recognize. You guys are forever in our hearts. This place are our early days. And I'll tell you that Guy and I, we, we get to speak to all different types of denominations. Even now, we are working alongside a, a church plant, which is super exciting because you get to see a church grow from the ground up and we get to be a part of that. And that is amazing. But how many of you know this morning that you could take the girl out the presbytery, but you can't take the presbytery out the girl? <laughs> so I am proud of our Presbyterian roots. But I, I, I do want to take some uh, quick time out to honor your incredible pastors, Pastor Becca and Dave, just absolutely amazing, incredible people. Guy and I, we were actually uh, leading a training at the Orange Conference, and we got to meet them. Uh, Becca in particular, I would tell you, it was a sister-sister connection immediately, and just super excited about that. We know that Dave is just as dynamic. And if we did not have that interaction, we have had so many people personally reach out to us to let us know the incredible impact that you two are making in this place. So we wanna honor you and thank you because we know that ministry is hard. We know that ministry is messy. We know that ministry means you run towards the pain and not away from it. So we just wanna honor you and thank you for bringing us back home here. Um, so Pastor Becca, she had already uh, had us on the list before we actually left the conference, right? She said, so you gonna preach, right? Okay. <laughs> so super excited to be here. Hey, we are so excited. We are gonna jump right into this, this life birth series, but we want to start with a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity to be here this morning. Father, I pray that you would allow your word to fall on the fertile soil of our hearts. 
and bring forth the harvest of righteousness, 30, 60, and 100-fold. Father, focus our attention on you. Challenge us, inspire us, transform us with the truth of who you are and who you've called us to be. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, I have to echo my wife's excitement to be here and appreciation for this opportunity. Um, when we heard about the series that you guys were undertaking over the summer, our hearts just jumped at it. And so before we even dive into our live verse, we wanted to start with just a little bit of an appreciation because of this word. I think it's an awesome series to really see how individuals have been transformed by a particular piece of scripture because quite honestly, that should be all of our lived experience. But if I'm honest, what Esther and I find in, in the many churches that we have a chance to minister in is that there is something I call biblical illiteracy. It is far too common for those of us who profess Christ to not know exactly what he taught in his word. And so one of the things as a backdrop of our message today, if there's anything that you leave with, it is just the centrality of what this should be in your life. And as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself because what I find is so easy to just sort of leave it on the sidelines and let it gather dust. Or just to be fine with seeing it up there every Sunday, but going home throughout the week and not feasting upon it. So if there's anything that you take away today, it is to remember that this word, right, Christ was the word made flesh, that it is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, separating soul from spirit, bone from marrow, judging the intents of the heart. You look at it and it transformed you. So as we dive into the scripture that has been so meaningful in our lives today, remember this as the backdrop that let this be your guidebook. Let this be your meal. Let this be the thing that transforms you. Let this be how you commune with Christ. He was this made flesh. And so when you open up his pages, it's not like any other text because of the power that is resident within it. Yeah. So as Pastor Beckett was kind of sharing with us the vision and the heart behind this series, I'll tell you that we picked immediately our scripture. We knew exactly where we were going to go with this. And that scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, the new has come. And Guy and I picked that because it is such a powerful reminder to us of the call that God has on our lives. And not only that, it has entirely transformed the way we see not only ourselves, but the, the, the calling that God has and who God has called us to become. God has birthed so much purpose in us. He has birthed so much purpose in all of you. But if I am honest this morning, I didn't always feel that way. I didn't always feel like my life was blooming with all of this purpose that it talks about in the word of God. In fact, there was a time in my life when I really struggled with believing that God had a purpose for my life. At that time, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I felt like I would watch so many people from a distance, and it seemed like they were doing so many things and so much more than what I was doing. I would watch my husband, this dynamic man of God, 
climb the corporate ladder. I would see him set goals and I would see him reach them. And we were excited and we celebrated together and it was incredible. And we were constantly focusing on what was next for him. But I couldn't help but to struggle with the fact that I felt stuck. And I kept wondering, God, what is next for me? I don't know. I began to question, is this it? And, 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 and please understand, yes, we had a, 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 an incredible life. We continue to share an incredible life together with, with wonderful kids. Yes, I, I was taking care of the family. It was a role that I was proud of. Yes, we were serving faithfully in the church. Yes, according to the American standard, we were living the dream. But there was still this emptiness and this, this, this void inside of us inside of me in particular. And I want you to know that this void and this hole and this emptiness is designed by God. You know, as I was going over this, I told myself, I cannot be the only one who has experienced this. I'm sure that there may be some of you out there where you have experienced the mundaneness of life. Yes, you're doing well for yourself and, and everything is fine, all things considered. But you, you, are, you are going through the motions of life and you are waking up day after day and, and it seems like every day is starting to look the same and you're questioning, God, is this it? Is there more? And if that's any of you today, I want you to know that this hole, this, this emptiness, this void, it was a, a, a hole designed by God. It was a, a God-sized hole and, and it's not anything in this world, nothing external that is going to fulfill that. Look, I, I'm a woman, I like getting my nails done and going shopping, okay? But none of that is going to fill that. Not going to the golf course to get a little peace, none of that is going to fill that. Because when it comes to God-sized holes, there are only God-sized solutions. So this morning, Esther and I are not going to keep you very long, but the one thing we wanted to do was really dissect this life verse. And so we're just going to take turns truly meditating on it, chewing on it, and extracting all the goodness out of it. This has been one that has been transformational for us. It has meant different things to us. And its promises are revolutionary. He talks about being a new creation and being a minister of reconciliation, that old is gone, the new has come. But all of it hinges on this first statement. If anyone be in Christ, if anyone be in Christ, and then all these things come. By training, I'm a lawyer, I'm a corporate attorney, I negotiate deals all of the time, and conditional statements are things that I look out for. If party A does X, then B is what follows. If then, these sorts of statements are littered throughout the word, but I laser focus on them because I think about what is my obligation, what is my part of the puzzle, what do I need to do for all of these wonderful things on which this verse hangs. And that is the if statement for us. If anyone be in Christ. Well, essentially what this means is twofold. One is to be in Christ, to profess Christ as Lord, is the crux of what we believe as Christians. And this is something that I want to reinforce this morning because for me, I was somebody who not until, even though I grew up into the church, it wasn't until I was 16, 17 years old that I really made this faith mine. 
I went through the motions. I knew all the words. I knew all the prayers. I knew everything you should do. I spoke Christianese, but it didn't. The reality of my sin nature and my need for a second birth didn't hit me until I had an encounter with a friend that showed me what it really meant to be a believer. That I acknowledged that he was Lord. I confess with my heart, my mouth, I believe in my heart that he died for my sins. He washed them away and I put him in the driver's seat of my life. If any man be in Christ. But that's just the entry point. This is a continuous state of being. For those of us who've been walking with the Lord for a while, and now it's been over half my life, I have dedicated it to Christ. What I recognize is that this is how we should always be. It's abiding. It is dwelling. It is living in a state where I'm constantly in communion with the Father. We see it well modeled by Christ. He said, every word that I speak is not my own. It comes from the God of my Father who is in heaven. He filters every single thing that he says through him. He's consciously aware of his presence. He is meditating on his law day and night. He is like a tree planted by rivers of living water. We see verses that give us glimpses into what this state looks like. It is loving him with my whole mind, soul, strength, all of myself, dedicated to him. Can we say that we do that? Can we say that this is our constant state of being? My favorite example is the, uh, in John chapter 15, he says, you are the branches, I am the vine. It is that level of connectedness to him. If we want to enjoy the promises of what this looks like, it is a deeper, intimate connection with the creator of the universe. That's what it means to be in Christ. If any man be in Christ, He is a new creation, a new creation. Friends, hear me this morning, that it is through Christ and Christ alone that we are are transformed and that we are given this new identity. And, And here's the problem. Quite often, we allow the world to dictate who we are and who we are not. But it is through Christ And I want you to know this morning and to take comfort in the fact that if that is something that you struggle with, with with an identity crisis, that Jesus Christ himself struggled with that as he was posed a question by the enemy. If you be the son of God. And just as he responded, it is written We too must embrace this God-given identity that God has given us that is only found not in the world, but in the word of God. Because if we are in our words, we understand, yes, the world may have, have, have seen Moses as a murderer, but it was Christ who transformed him into a leader over a nation. That yes, Paul may have been seen as a a persecutor, a harsh persecutor of the church. But Christ himself transformed him into a passionate missionary and ambassador of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That the world saw Esther as just an orphan, but Christ transformed her into a queen. Even the disciples, the 12 disciples, the world saw them. And they just saw a ragtag group of men who were uneducated and unfit to lead. 
but God transformed them and gave them a new identity and used them as pioneers of the faith who turned the world upside down. And God, and I want you to know this morning that he is doing the same thing in and through every one of us, even though it may not feel like it. And can I say this? It's not enough to know the truth. Do you believe the truth? Do you believe it? It's easy to sit here on a Sunday morning and go through the formalities of religion and be in church and not even believe the word that you're being taught. We want you to believe. Do you believe that you can do all things through Christ Jesus? Do you believe that he hears your every prayer and that he sees your every tear? That's important and special to him. Thank you. Yes, believe those things. Do you believe that if you are in need, that he will meet all of, all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus? Believe that this morning. Do you believe that his thoughts toward you outnumber the sand on the seashore? We hope you believe it this morning because it is true. That is how he feels about you and I. And he has a great calling on each and every one of our lives. You know, the scripture goes on to say, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. And behold, the new has come. Friends, do you believe that the old is gone. To believe the old is gone, you must believe that the new has come. Do you believe that your old life is in the past? I don't care what you've done. Do you believe that he has come here, that he has thrown your sin into the sea of forgetfulness? You know, quite often we forget about this gospel of Jesus Christ and what it really represents. We are in Christ, which means we are united with him. Romans 5, 6 reminds us of this. It says, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self this is the old man, this is the old us, was crucified with him. That the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. You are set free. You are set free. Friends, it's so hard for us to die to ourselves, to die to, to who we used to be. Sometimes the world wants to remind us who we used to be, but we want to encourage you this morning to let all of that go. We don't care if you sinned yesterday, let it go. His mercies are new each and every morning. We will never be able to experience 
this, this new creation that he has called for, for us to experience and to become as long as we are holding on to our old lives, as long as we are looking back there, the two cannot coexist. We must let it go. You are here for a reason. God has so much purpose in each and every one of you. Friends, this is the beauty of the gospel. Mm. Bonus verse, right? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, and behold, now he has reconciled you to himself through Christ Jesus and has given you a ministry of reconciliation. This new creation that we're talking about, believing that God has created something new in you, transformed your destiny, isn't just so that you can walk around and peacock in the newness of who you are. It's for a purpose. It's for a season. It's for a reason. Esther gave some biblical examples. Let's call them back to mind. He said, Moses went from being a coward that was rejected in the wilderness to becoming the leader of a nation. Why? To lead them toward the promised land. She talked about Paul. He didn't have this incredible encounter with the Lord and transformation just so he can go back and to be a zealous Pharisee. No, it was because he was going to plant churches all over the region and pen what has become to know and as our New Testament. Esther didn't just become queen and sit on her throne and live in a life of luxury, but she was put in a position so that she can rescue the nation through the influence and the relationship she had with the king. So as he is transforming you into a new creation, are you now focusing on that ministry of reconciliation that he has entrusted you with? He hasn't saved you just so you can have a get out of hell free card. He saved you so that you can transform the places that he has planted you in. The word of God says that before the foundations of the world were laid, that he thought of you and he had planned good works for you to walk in. But do you know what they are? And are you walking in them? And the fullness and the confidence and the giftings that he has given you, they're not just for yourself, but right where you are planted, the communities that you are in, the relationships you have, the families that you were born into, there is need, and you are ministers of reconciliation. The Bible says that you are a royal priesthood, that you are a holy nation, that you are a peculiar people, that you are the salt and the light of the earth. How salty are you? How light are you? What dark places are you taking over with the love of Christ that is expansive? One of the most beautiful things I love is that some of these transformations that we have undergone, to Esther's point, we feel shame by them. Many of them haunt us. The people that we used to be, it bothers us, and we want to put them under the shelf and just act like we've got everything together. But the fact is that God designed and allowed those things to happen for you to glorify him. Because when you walk back out and say, this is the person I used to be, but look at me now, that's a song that the angels can't sing. The redemption that you are is a beautiful story of God's tapestry over your life. He can see what you were, and now look at what you have become and what you are becoming. 
It is a continual process, but sometimes we disconnect from that vine. We step out our full submission and abiding in Christ, and we just want to be comfortable. But the reality is he didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to be ambassadors. He called us to be living epistles. He called us to be world changers. What is he calling you to? What gifts and talents has he given you? And what ways has he crafted you? What passions do you have so that you can transform the world? And some of the clues are embedded in that transformational process. You are a new creation. The word says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The test that you have survived, the reason that you are here now is going to be a blessing to somebody else. And it's incumbent upon us to do that, to take hold of that ministry of reconciliation that he has entrusted to every single one of us, to let our light so shine on this earth so that people will look at us and glorify the God that made us. Would you join me in a quick word of prayer as we finish this morning? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity to be your ambassadors. But Heavenly Father, you, through your redemptive work on the cross, have implanted us in Christ. That you have transformed our eternal destinies from darkness into light. And that angels are rejoicing in that transformation. And now you have called us to partner with you in the newness of who we are. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let us not faint, not in the race that you have put before us. Let us not get entangled in who we used to be. Father, but let us press towards for the mark of the calling for which you have called and laid hold of us. Father, let us be those living epistles and those bright and shining stars in a dark world for your glory. Let us be worthy of the mission of the gospel of the purpose that you have seated within every one of our hearts. In Christ's precious name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxprez.org. That is K-N-O-X-P-R-E-S dot org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.